You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Conversationalist Podcast. I am Jesse, but I am here with Amanda as well. Hi. <laughs> You're like, that's different from what he normally says. Zoiks. You got confused for a second. I wasn't confused. Hashtag confused face. <laughs> Ugh, Anyways, hashtag. shut up. Um, so got a couple of things in the agenda today. Some of this stuff's a couple days old. I'm running a little behind, but we'll just go with it. Um, so as far as news goes, um, is WoW dying? Some say yes, some say no. We'll talk about that. There's a Han Solo solo film coming, so we'll see what's going on with that. Now, there's also a next-gen PlayStation console that may be imminent. Um, something has to do with Ben Affleck. I guess I can't really go too into it or else it's kind of like blow the wad in the little news section, right? Anyways. Uh. Um, <laughs> then, uh, talk about the possibility of Deadpool in X-Men, whether or not he would be in that. So, uh, there's that. Um... Power Rangers movie, Olivia Munn and what she has to do with Deadpool. We'll She's talk stupid. about that. <laughs> and um, then we talk about a maybe not so well-known MMO game, but has some cool shit that you don't typically see in some MMOs. Uh, that's our main topic. Um, we do plan on incorporating reviews um, of like products that are coming out that are used or whatever i'm assuming that might appeal to people and we would like to do reviews on cool stuff because we buy all kinds of this nerdy stuff anyways one of the things i was thinking that we can actually review we haven't bought anything yet but um and it's already been out for a couple of weeks because we talked about it previously but with world of warcraft the movie coming out pretty soon I thought that we can buy some of the action figures, the lesser expensive ones, and then some of the pricier ones, and just, I don't know, talk about the overall quality, make, and build of these action figures, not dolls. I like to buy things. <laughs> yes, we know this. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, we'll be doing that uh, maybe next show or somewhere closer to the World of Warcraft movie, um, but we'll see how it goes. We'll probably have our kids play with them and then we'll play with them as well hopefully they're sturdy <laughs> we won't play with them we'll test them right dot, yeah dot, dot. <laughs> yeah so um again something we want to incorporate because i mean we do mostly news topics and stuff but we want to kind of what's the word diversify what we do mm, sounds cool i guess <laughs> Isn't that a buzzword? Diversity? Diversify? No, diversify. Diversity is something different. No, it's in the same chain. It's diversify like a, has to do with business shit. Like Diversity business, is just like so like general. It's like business buzzwords. Yeah, maybe. I'm not trying to sell somebody on anything, though. Whatever. <laughs> Alright, so for our first topic, um, is WoW dying? Now, this is a debate that always comes up. People are always saying yes. There's always a shitload of people saying no. You go on any freaking forum, any sort of like community, there's always somebody complaining about 
how shitty the community is now, how terrible the people are, how great Vanilla was. And we've talked about Vanilla in detail when there was the issue with the installer servers going down. But um, uh, something that brought this back up was a video that I saw where somebody basically had spliced all this video together and, you know, it was basically like, this is why WoW is dying. And I kind of asked myself, okay, is it? And will it get better? The, the, the person's argument is that, yes, it is dying, and um, mainly it does have a lot to do with community. Um, he spoke a lot about just the general decline of people helping people, whether it's in world PvP, the fact that uh, Blizzard doesn't care about little to anything that people have as far as input. How stupid it was to introduce garrisons because it pulls people away from major cities. I still love my garrison. You know, how stupid it is for, you know, all of the stuff that they incorporate in garrisons because then it kind of inflates everything else with everything being so easy to get that it, you don't have to be in a decent or, you know, established guild in order to raid. Because all you have to do is just go to Raid Finder and basically get free gear that you don't necessarily have to talk to or cooperate with anybody in any particular guild, including your own, because all you have to do is just randoms. You can just random everything, never say a word to anybody that you're in a guild with, or cooperate with anybody in a guild to get anything done because of how they did the cross-server transfers, and those are just a few things that he talked about, but... He, those are all excellent points. So, you know, with that being said, do you agree? Or do you think that maybe with some of the future expansions, particularly with Legion, that some of these things might get addressed and or fixed? Or down the line, will they get better in general? I always feel like these things should start off with, back in my day, and follow up with, get off my lawn, and a, you know, a fist shake. But, um... No, I, I kind of think that's true. I don't talk to people in my guild, like, ever. Last time I did, I was told to shut up, basically, because it was about a movie, of all things. A movie, not even anything game-related. Uh, so I keep to myself. I find guild chat to be relatively entertain, you know, entertaining, though. Um, sometimes people get stupid, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't talk to people. I don't raid, so that's not... That's never been an issue for me. Only because I don't have the patience and I think people take it way too seriously. It's kind of the same thing. They rage over it. Well, I mean, they used to. I don't know how it is now. <laughs> but like the whole two or three times I was ever in a raid, hearing people yell, I was just like, it's just a game. Like, seriously. Well, and there's so much that, <laughs> there's, there's so much stuff that like people can do in the game. So like somebody that play that does PvP can be like, oh, you're, you're garbage when it comes to PvP. But, you know... You can focus on PvP, or you can focus on the PvE endgame and raiding, but, you know, there's there are those two things, but then you have people that are achievement whores, like Amanda, where she wants to get achievement points, she wants to get all these, you know, rare recipes for, you know, different professions, and, you know, is, you know, making, you know, crafting things, and you know, there's just a lot... There's to a lot the game, for pet battles. To do now. Right, you don't have to have a guild. You don't have to talk to anybody. You can pretty much just do what you want. I mean, it gets 
boring like if you're not in a guild even if you prefer to be a loner because it is interesting to read like when people are talking sometimes like I like I like to see it but like I said I don't talk in my own guild anymore after basically I was told to shut up over a movie were you throwing out spoilers though no it wasn't it actually somebody else had done it they completely ruined the end of the movie and I was like yeah that was totally sad and then the guild master told me to shut up me and I didn't even say it. The other person had said the ending of the movie. It was um, it was the last Fast and Furious movie that came oh. out. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, guys! Paul Walker is dead. Oh my God! You didn't know that, right? Yeah. So yes, the movie was sad because you knew what they were hinting at at the end of the movie because they had to use his brothers to finish it. But somebody else in the guild was talking about you know just. Basically, the whole plot point, you know, every plot point of the movie and then how they felt about, you know, how they finished up the movie. And then I was just like, yeah, the movie was sad. And they were like, shut up, uh, you know, shut up, Christelle. And I was just like, "Uh, seriously? And I said, "Uh, seriously, in the guild? And they're like, yeah, stop talking. I was like, oh, okay. Well. All I said was, yeah, that was sad. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to talk anymore because you guys are being jerks. Well, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that people talk about when they talk about whether or not the game is dying just because you'd assume that you wouldn't get that kind of treatment in a guild. You know, you kind of can expect that stuff from like trade chat or, um, you know, just, you know, general chat, you know, in the cities or anything like that, or just the lack of help that, you know, you would get from World of Warcraft where you're trying to kill a specific mob and, you know, like I, you know, this, this, was you know was a big deal you know like an expansion or two ago where you would pull a mob and then nobody would get xp for that mob if they weren't in your group already and so if they tried to invite you to a group or let's say they didn't they might just wait for you to die so that once you die they can then attack that mob (laughs) so that they can get the credit and you know that was always a big pain in the ass and like like totally stupid that you know those kind of things would happen and so I remember like, oh man, Guild Wars 2 is so awesome because Guild Wars 2, you can kind of like walk into, um, you can kind of walk into a quest where other people are also doing the quest and it just kind of automatically, you know, you just kind of automatically, you know, cooperating with those people because they're on your team. And like when we were, when we were playing it, like there was always a shitload of help coming from wherever, you know, either people talking to you or people just helping you in general. And so I'd always kind of hope that like, that's how kind of wow would incorporate some of their quests and the thing to me is like when i would talk about it like in game you get people that got so fucking defensive over like well if you want to play that kind of game then go fucking play guild wars 2 it's Mm -hmm. like you know what let's not forget that world of warcraft isn't like a completely original idea in itself yeah some of the lore is you know i mean the lore itself is the storyline of what you know warcraft is but they didn't, like, just generate this MMO from, like, pure genius. I mean, they took things from a shitload of other MMOs and other games and, like, made what WoW is. And so it's stupid that people would get upset or defensive in defending WoW because other people suggest that, hey, these other things that other games are doing are great. It'd be awesome if they can incorporate it into WoW because I like to play WoW and obviously incorporating the good parts of other games would increase the enjoyment or fulfillment of playing WoW. I mean, 
that's why they put so many of these other bullshit things in games. They they thought people were gonna like, you know, garrisons, which some people do and some people don't like. You know, dungeon finders because I mean, people like me that you know played in vanilla and stuff. I mean, shit. You know, as as much as we like, oh, you know, I like to press slash four and be in looking for group <laughs> in the trade chat of you know, and in the trade chat of a major city trying to put together a fucking group for one run of something. You know, that was a it pain in the dick. Take forever because. <laughs> You have, like, a tank, but then you need a healer, and the tank's like, oh, I hate you guys, this is taking hours, I'm going to leave. And then you finally get that healer, and like, what, you don't have a tank anymore, I hate you guys, I'm going to leave. And you're right. like, uh, DPS, looking for group forever. And then and then it was like, okay, and then it was like, okay, well, now people don't want to run all the way over to this place, or fly all the way over there, or get there. And then, so, obviously, having a warlock was always a thing, or... You know, oh, you know, can we get summons? And then so they had summoning stones. And it was like, oh, summoning stones. Because now warlocks are worthless. You know, so it was always something you can never please everybody. You were always pissing somebody off. Kind of like PC shit in general. You can never make everybody happy. And so, I mean, I think at some point it will get better. I mean, obviously those people that want to play WoW are going to continue to play WoW. Whether or not there are certain things that just kind of are gone from the game. Um, I mean, with... What we talked about in like our last show where there's a possibility that they might be bringing back like these or they might bring legacy servers in and somehow work with Nostalrius and maybe having like dedicated servers that run vanilla. I mean, that's hoping a lot. You know, who knows if they'll even do something like that. But we can assume that maybe that is on the table with, you know, the talks that they've had. Well, you know, you know, so some people will be able to play that and some people will still be able to play the new content. But I think WoW still has... A long way to go, especially with Warcraft coming out, introducing it to a large amount of people. The possibility of them giving, like, you know, the free downloads of the games up to um, Warlords of Draenor. You know, it's going to introduce a lot of noobs, but hopefully <laughs> some, you know, fresh blood that will get better with time. I just think the community is, is different because the generation, is, is that right, maybe, is a little bit different. Because I think if you look at how even, like online culture was back when wow was was going on it's it's different can we look at my space i mean that was a thing back when wow was well back when i started playing right now i had like facebook and like twitter well, and, and that's trolls an excellent point. and other things it's, it's a different culture and people are a lot more rude and different and fast-paced and like now 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 and that's how they play their games too and it's it's basically it's everyone's out for themselves and no, that's a know. great point. Like when, okay, th this game came out when I was like 2021, 20, something like that. Somewhere around there. Yeah. And so that's been a long time. Now, now the internet, just a couple of years before that, I mean, shit, you'd message people online and be like, oh, you seem cool. Let's meet. And like, it was that, it was that simple. Like people were like, <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Let's go to a movie. You never met the person, but you're just like, oh, whatever. You know, that's how it was. And, like, now, like, if you were just be like, hey, you seem cool, let's meet. They're like, oh, my God, this is probably a fucking predator that wants to kill me and, like, slit my throat, you know, and, like, rape my dead corpse. Like, people, you know, it's just so different, you know, going, you know, fast forwarding 10 or 15 years to what the Internet was and what the Internet is now. And, um, you know, so, I, you know, I hope for the best. I, I think that this person is wrong in some regards. I think that. Some of the stuff that he introduced did deteriorate the game a little bit as far as quality goes, but it did actually kind of ease some pains that were there. So, I mean, I think it's a double-edged sword. It helped, but it hurt. So, I mean, the same can be said with just about anything.
Yeah. Um, so moving on, we go to the Han Solo solo film. And uh, I didn't actually cite where I got this info from. Shame on me. But um, like I'm not like an investigative reporter, so this did come from somewhere else. <laughs> um, now, the person that was cast for the Han Solo solo film, his name is Alden. And I'm going to murder his last name. It's like Einrireik. Ein, Einreich. It almost sounds like really hella German. Just like something uber German. Yeah. So anyways, this cat is in Hail Caesar, uh, Blue Jasmine, and Beautiful Creatures. Now I do know that Hail Caesar was a critically acclaimed film. People loved it. Didn't do so... I mean, got harsher reviews from people, just general, like people in general that didn't like it as much, but critics loved it. I think Blue Jasmine was also um, a pretty critically acclaimed film that actually got pretty decent reviews. Um, Beautiful Creatures, don't know too much about it, but I do know that two of the three of these movies were um, pretty Beautiful good critics-wise. Beautiful Creatures critics is based wise. on books, um, a book series, I think. Maybe, I don't know. Like a YA series, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. So, obviously, people probably know who this person is. Sadly, we haven't seen Hail Caesar blue jasmine or beautiful creatures so we're just going to cross our fingers and assume that because i do know that these movies did do pretty well in the box office and that they were received well by critics that this person is the right person to fill the huge boots of han solo and harrison ford in general now what do we expect from this like where do you think they're going to go with the han solo solo film how far back do you think they're going to go with it i mean like what are your thoughts because like i have no clue where they planned i mean because obviously they kind of basically like threw all of like the star wars canon in the garbage and basically said oh yeah all the stuff that's been built up over this past time we're not going to go with this we're going to create our own universe so like where do you really see that going i'm just kind of like to know how old this guy is I, I'm okay, so he's 20s? not that old. Yeah, he's a young dude. So, I mean, if I had to guess, I mean, I would say that they'll probably go like fucking pre-episode. Mm. I mean, like like pre-episode four, like maybe somewhere between that, right? So, he I mean, because he was be... he was young in episode four. So, you, I mean, you couldn't go like, oh, what was he like in, like, episode fucking, you know, two or three? Because, I mean, then he's probably, like, a goddamn teenager. That's probably, like, too far back or even, like, younger than that. Like, so, I, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be pre-episode four, but, like, is it going to focus on, like, him as a smuggler? Like, how he became a smuggler? Like, origins and shit? Or, or what? Like, what do you want to see? I don't know, because what do they mean by a Star Wars story? I mean, is this just like dead air? It's always great. No, it's like because <laughs> they made books, right? So are they just picking one of the books? Well, no, because remember, Disney fucking threw all the all that canon out the window. They were wanting to create their own shit. But I thought they were trying to. After everyone got mad, I thought they said they're going to try and bring some of it back. But like, what are they bringing back though? Like, obviously, they're going to be pulling shit from. Here and there. Like, they're not going, like, story oh, by story. I just story. missed it. I saw something. It said with the film recover. 
It says the film will cover events in Han Solo's life that took place prior to his appearance in 1977 Star Wars. So, okay, I'm right in saying that they're going to do something <laughs> before episode four. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense. Like, that makes logical sense. So, I'm assuming that maybe it's going to have something to do with, like, how he became a smuggler, this, you know, f- you know, just smooth-talking, debonair fucking space pirate and like how he got in the situation he got into i mean i guess it would be interesting to see like why or how he became the way he did like what his family was like like what what happened i think that would be interesting to kind of see how How he he met chewy right yeah that would be cool Ooh, that would be fun so i mean like maybe him and chewy like got babysat at the same place like (laughs) you know who knows that would be that would be really interesting so um maybe he wins him or maybe he's supposed to like a little like a little pet like or maybe he's supposed to like steal him and then gets attached to him and then he's just like i'm not gonna you know turn you over (laughs) i'm not gonna claim my money right yeah we'll be friends we'll see if that happens it could happen Mm mm-hmm it could Anyway. No, it totally could. Um, so, Han Solo solo film. I'm excited for it either way. You know, Star Wars in general. You know, if you're a real fan, you're going to go see it anyways. So, um, now, on to our third topic, which comes from EquityArcade.com. They talk about next-gen PlayStation consoles, particularly PlayStation Neo. Speculation is that it's going to cost about $399. Could possibly end up costing more, although they anticipate that it's going to cost about the same as what the PlayStation 4 did when it first came out. Now, what's interesting about this is like, you know, you've had the Xbox One being made, and now they're going to stop, they've actually stopped making the Xbox 360s. PlayStation 3s are still being made, still going strong. You know, PlayStation 4 sales, I mean, obviously at this point in the game, we can say clearly that PlayStation 4 has won the console war against Xbox One, and they no longer, you know, make PlayStation 2 consoles, but they are still out there and reliable. Now, the thing is, is with PlayStation um, basically coming out with this PlayStation Neo, it kind of sets them up for not only being successful in the next generation of consoles, but also basically taking the secondary spot of a budget console. Because, like, even, say, when Wii U was selling, they still sold a ton of Wiis. And even when Xbox One was selling, they still sold a ton of 360s. Same for, like, the PS3s. They they were still selling a lot of PS2s and vice versa. So even the past consoles tend to be a good generator of money. And so, whereas they're coming out with a PlayStation Neo that's supposed to be the next-gen console and be the highest end of what PlayStation has to offer. PlayStation 4 is going to be a budget console, which is huge because the PlayStation 4 has a lot of life left in it. And they're basically going to, you know, I would I would assume that if they're going to continue to make PlayStation 4s, that they're probably going to phase out 3s, much like Xbox One did with the Xbox 360, although maybe not. You know, they'll have a long line of consoles from the, the PS3 all the way up to the Neo <laughs> of, of great consoles, so... Um, you know the, you know that obviously that's going to bring down the price of uh, the PS4s, um, and I think the general aim is 
that the Neo is going to be something that appeals to the gamer that has to have the best system to run the best games. And that the PlayStation 4 is going to be considered the budget PlayStation console that's still going to play the same games as the Neo. It's just not going to play them as in a refined detail. Almost like having a really high-end PC and having your moderately-end PC that is obviously still going to be able to run the same PC games, just not in is like a beautiful, you know, beautifully graphic-wise or as smooth. So they're not adding. Uh, they're not adding anything to it. No, they're. I mean, they're adding stuff to the Neo. The Neo is going to be better a console than the PS4, but basically. The PS4 is going to become, you know, the past console. And it'll still be able to play all the same games that the Neo is. But the Neo is going to play the games better. It's going to have a better graphics engine, better CPU. All the cutting edge stuff that you can expect from a next generation console. But just because you buy a new PlayStation 4 doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to play those same games. You will. It's just not going to play them as beautifully as the next gen console is. So let's say you're in the market for a new game system, but you're strapped for cash. You want to you wanna invest in a console, but you can't afford the Neo and all the shit that comes with it. But you want to be able to play all the same games that are coming out that the Neo obviously is going to play. You buy the PS4. get to play all the same games. It still plays the games beautifully, but obviously it's just not going to provide that great level of detail or performance that like you expect as like a hardcore gamer. A hardcore gamer is never going to consider going into into a con you know buying a console that's already a generation behind you know so obviously like this the goal isn't to sell the hardcore gamer the ps4 to sell them the neo right you know? it's just the same as any other new playstation coming out then yeah i mean pretty much um so i'm excited i mean i probably am not going to go out and be like oh i gotta have a fucking neo day one like i did with the ps4 PS4 works for me. I don't play the shit out of it as much as I... I mean, I've played it more than I have, but, I mean, if there's not going to be any significant leaps or jumps um, as far as, like, okay, the Neo is going to play all the same games as the PS4, and there's not going to be any type of, like, exclusives where they're not available for the PS4, then it's going to take out much of the point for me to go ahead and buy the Neo because, like, as far as gaming goes... I do more of my gaming on the on a p on a PC, whereas um, you know I bought a better uh, you know PC gaming system recently. It just doesn't make sense for me to go get a Neo, but I'm not their target market right now. So um, I like Sony products. I like PlayStation. Been playing since PS One. Continue to support them. We'll get the Neo at some point, maybe when they do their first price drop or something. But uh, no, no. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, Amanda's not really a console gamer. Not really. She's a PC girl. <laughs> so, anyways, moving on. We, and this is, this is we're going to touch on this very briefly, but Ben Affleck is now going to be the executive, well, one, exe- one of the executive producers for the Justice League. And as you all may know, because we've talked about this before, is that he was also tapped to direct the solo Batman film. This is from Yahoo. And um, what do you expect from his being tapped as a producer for Justice League? Well, if anyone was hoping 
for some sort of comedy, I think you're going to look in the wrong spot because he's serious, serious and his movies tend to be serious. I mean, what was it, Argo? There was humor in that, but it was still like, it was like a dry humor. It was... It was sprinkled throughout the movie. Yeah, it wasn't like... Light sprinkles. You're, you're not going to get a Marvel movie out of this Justice League. Like, if you're looking for the comparison, you're still not going to find it there. I know people are holding out hope. They're really hoping DC will step up to it, and you're just not going to get it. Sorry. Well, but I mean... it's still good, though. I really think that having him step onto it will, will elevate their movie still. I think creatively... He's a, obviously he's a good director. I, I mean, obviously that's why they tapped him to do the directing for um, the solo Batman film. So I think maybe they just recognize that creatively he's like extremely good at what he does. I mean, people can argue that he's either a great actor or not a great actor. People can say the latter is that he's not a great actor, <laughs> but... You can't deny the fact that he's a good producer, that he's a good director. He's directed some fantastic movies. And, um, you know, so creatively, he's got a ton of talent. So, um, with that said, being a good actor like I think he is, and having a good track record of having successful movies that are put out, that they're recognizing his creative genius and bringing him in as a producer to like you said, elevate the status of Justice League. Not that it needed any elevation because I think most people were excited for Justice League in general, but that he'll be able to bring a little something else to the table. There might be people there that are obviously going to incorporate those things that people want, like humor and whatever, but I think he'll provide that like gritty detail and that refined direction that you see from you know movies like Argo and The Town that... I think it'll just give it that little something extra. Not to steal the <laughs> quote from, you know what I'm talking about. Reminds me of Legally the Blonde. Waiter. Oh, I thought you were thinking of waiting. Remember? Oh, both, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could go either way there. Right? <laughs> so, I think that's cool. I mean, there's not really a hell of a lot to speculate on that. You know, he's tapped as a producer. Neato. Um... So, moving on to our next topic, um, Brian, this is also from Yahoo, Brian Singer talks about the possibility of Deadpool in the X-Men franchise and competing with Marvel and DC. Now, the plan, and this is like the basic synopsis I got from listening, or or not listening, but reading um, Brian Singer's interview with Yahoo, and basically it's, do it very carefully, so, what do you think? They're still not going to compete with Marvel. Sorry, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you can't. You really can't. Um, to compete with DC, yeah, they can do that. But to put Deadpool into the X-Men franchise, that's a franchise that's been failing on its own a little bit, I think. People haven't been really responding to it as well. I think it's kind of it's losing its ground. People are getting bored with it. Or that's that's just the feeling that I've gotten. So if they put Deadpool into it, it would probably help them. 
But he couldn't act like he did in his own movie if they want to keep the younger audience. If they want to go ahead and put X-Men into, you know, R-rated territory, then they can, you know, fully put Deadpool in there. But if they want to try and keep it semi, you know, family friendly, they're going to have to tone Deadpool down, which I don't think would work as well. Because, you know, Ryan Reynolds doing Deadpool how he did was great. And to, you know, to lessen that would be... Yeah, it would be stupid. Would be a travesty, basically. Which, to me, with the idea that you would bring in Deadpool into the X-Men, just seems like one of many failures that Fox is continuing to make with this franchise. X-Men has the potential to be as huge or bigger than the Avengers, in my opinion, They've cast some fantastic people that really emulate well, like certain characters in X-Men. They've just been very inconsistent with their movies. And she's, you know, Matt is right. They bring Deadpool in there, even if it's very carefully. It's two different, two different types of things. So yeah, they're either going to have to bring X-Men up to rated R and let Deadpool do his thing. Or they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. And the reason is, and I think the reason they're considering this is obviously because, oh my god, we're sitting on a gold mine. Deadpool's done so well. If we put Deadpool in X-Men, they're going to help the X-Men out. And our X-Men movies are going to be great because all these people that love Deadpool are going to come and see the X-Men movies. That's the thinkings of producers that are already failing. And they're trying to rescue their other franchises from their imminent demise and i think that they need to reevaluate what they're doing because they're trying to fucking throw on a guy with a bunch of wooden nails to patch a bunch of holes to a sinking ship i mean reviews have already come out for x-men apocalypse and they're not great you know so i mean i think the possibility that they're like oh yeah we're just gonna fucking throw deadpool in there and you know hopefully that's gonna make everything all better I don't think so. It's. I mean, I think ultimately it's going to take like an entire reboot from the ground up. I mean, there's there are some good movies that they've made, but they fucked up just as many as they've made well. Or so I think that you know, obviously, with like Wolverine, you know, they've they've wasted Wolverine because he was like the you know Wolverine's like the perfect Wolverine. There are other characters that are like perfect for their roles i mean maybe they could recast them but i mean he's been doing wolverine for a really long time he's already hinted that he's not going to do anymore probably not unless the price is right i think he said what is it it's this one or does he have one more by himself hugh jackman i think has one more by himself and then he said that he was done like that was it for him because he's done it for so long like over 10 years so you know could you think of anybody better for Wolverine than Hugh Jackman? Like, not really. No. Like, I mean, you, you go back, like, 20 years in an X-Men comic, and then you fucking put Hugh Jackman in a Wolverine suit, and you're like, holy shit, that is fucking <laughs> X- that is That is Logan, you know? So, um, like I said, Fox, they've really done a number on all of the popular franchises that they have. Really, one of the smartest things that they've done as of recently was let Tim Miller make the Deadpool that he wanted to make. And Tim Miller fucking shined. And, you know, they let a guy that had little to no directorial experience basically do this. 
with what was a very small budget and just hit one out of the fucking park. And so, I mean, obviously they want to repeat that success. They need to leave Deadpool alone. You know, another yeah. another smart thing that they did was they allowed Marvel to basically take some of the rights from Spider-Man to introduce him into the Avengers. You know, so now they're now they're uh, you know going to continue on with that, and obviously Fox is going to benefit from that success. But they're smart to get on the Marvel train because I mean that train's big, it's moving fast, and it's a fucking powerhouse. They're very calculated, and so far they've done everything extremely well. And Fox, I mean, they've had every opportunity to make great movies, and so far they've been sputtering to a halt. You know, I mean, shit, even DC's, like, playing the catch-up game. Arguably, DC's put out a lot better movies than than Fox has as of recent. And, you know, you have, you have Fox that's had these franchises for significantly longer than DC's been putting movies out for. It's just, it's sad. So, I, I honestly hope that if they are going to go ahead with this Deadpool plan, because you know if they're thinking out loud, they're just testing to see what the audience thinks about it before they, you know, go in both feet in the water, that they do make that conscious choice to bring X-Men up to a rated R level and go with that. They have a higher chance of success doing that as opposed to watering Deadpool down. If they do that fucking movie is dead before it starts so there's that mm-hmm. um so for our sixth topic we get this story from oh you know what we'll skip this one real quick because this makes a practical transition from what we were just talking about so we're gonna go ahead and move on to another story from yahoo and Amanda really wants to talk about this one, so I'm going to let her go first. But it has to do with Olivia Munn turning <laughs> down a role in Deadpool. Elaborate. Is it just because I'm not a fan? No, no, no. You go right <laughs> ahead. You uh, you actually brought this to the table for us to talk about. I wasn't even aware of it. And then when I read it, I was like, really? But you go first. Well, I just I saw this story where Olivia Munn was talking, and she said that um, she was offered the role of Deadpool's girlfriend, and she turned it down, and I was like, okay, that didn't really make any sense, because when we were at Silicon Valley Comic Con, and we sat in the Deadpool uh, panel, Tim Miller said that he got to choose everybody for the cast, and he got everybody that he wanted. Right, remember, that was what I asked him, right? Yeah. When we were talking to him. That was Jesse's question, actually, was about the casting. Um so obviously Olivia Munn was not the girlfriend in that movie. It was a uh, oh why is her name escaping me? Is it Bridget? Bridget? Oh god. Bridget. Isn't that her name? Monahan. The one that played Deadpool's girlfriend. Yes. No, her last name is Baccarat. Oh, it's oh Marina. Marina, Marina. Baccarat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting her confused with this other girl. She looks just like her. I was like, say what? I was like, okay, that's her, yeah. So if he, if the director is saying that he got everybody that he wanted in his cast, then why is Olivia Munn saying that she turned down this role? To me, it seems as though she's, I think, she's leading everybody to believe that maybe she was cast for this role and then she turned it down because she was too good for it because she wants to be kick-ass when the reality of it was is that she may have become aware of the casting for such a role 
and obviously they probably put out the feelers for who wants to be in this movie and they may have already been considering seriously Morena Baccarat but obviously they just want to see who else is going to come and maybe bring something to the table so maybe she wanted to play this role but then when she found out what the role consisted of decided not to move forward with it or attempt to go through with the casting which isn't the same as turning it down because it's not as though she casted for the you know she she went to the casting call she nailed it they're like oh my god olivia munn you're the fucking best we want you to have this role and she's like eh no thanks i'm going to x-men to play psylocke in the x-men that's not which nobody is excited about, by the way. I'm so... I would be more inclined or more excited to see that movie if she wasn't in it, honestly. Like, everyone's making a big She looks deal. like a good Psylocke, though. Like, if you follow the comic books, um, I mean, I think she looks... She fits the role. I'm just kind of worried because, like, every movie she's been in, like, she's not necessarily... She's not a good like, actor. Right, yeah. I mean, she's not a... She's not a good actor. She doesn't ooze the talent, No. So, um, we'll see. Maybe she, they just don't give her a lot of lines. Maybe she kicks ass, but she doesn't talk a lot. She just has that thing where the nerdy boys like her. So, that's where she gets a lot of her things from. Sorry. From, like, from, from G4? From, like, X-Play? It's true. Was it X-Play? Yeah, it was X-Play. I, I used was, to love that show. I thought it was Attack of the Show. Attack of the Show. I fucking love that show. That's so sad. Yeah. G4. Singled here. Bye, G4. Mm. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, I think she does appeal to those nerdy dudes that remember, you know, her in that show. And, you know, I mean, she does appeal to that audience. Um, I think she does look well as Psylocke for the X-Men. But, I mean, I honestly couldn't see her as Ryan Reynolds' girlfriend no in way. that role. So, to me... Like, her side-by-side side with Mm-mm. Morena Baccarin, that's, like, an easy call. Like, if I was the cast, like, a person casting for that fucking role, it would not be Olivia Munn aside Ryan Reynolds. Like, that just is an odd couple kind of shit to me. Now, Miss Baccarin, honestly, she's way hotter than Olivia Munn, hands down. But that's just my opinion. This is back when... You know, I mean, this goes back to Firefly and her being an ultra sultry tempstress. Oh my goodness. I'm just saying, pretty attractive woman, you know, better than people that are half her age. So I think she does a good Deadpool role there. She did, right? She she no, did she a good was, job. She was good. I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying she doesn't have acting skills because she was good in that role. She it had skills good. with a Z. Two Zs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's all bullshit. I, I don't think Olivia Munn was casted for that role and turned it down. I mean, I think maybe she's, she was aware of the role and just decided not to, you know, try to, you know, she tried not to go for the role because she realized that it was a girlfriend role and she wanted to be the kick-ass girl that was throwing fucking, summers, you know, doing somersaults and, like, throwing sides around and shit. So, that's what she wants to do, good for her. But, like, t- to say that, like, oh, like, you know, to imply that, like... Um, Morena Baccarin was like the backup to like Olivia Munn stepping out was like complete horseshit. 
She's so stupid. And, I mean, just everyone always says, like, you just hear about how stuck up and rude she is, Olivia Munn. It's mm-hmm. just even more reasons why I don't particularly care for her. Isn't she with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're probably like opposites attract because Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be like a very decent, humble guy. Discount double check, you know. So, I don't well, know. she has like a it's biography. Like an opposites attracting. She has a biography out. She tells a story about how she wouldn't give her grandma like CPR or something like she needed it, and then her grandma ended up dying. What? Yeah, no, seriously. And then she reflects back on it, and she just she feels bad for herself, like not even feeling bad for her grandma. <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible! And Did you like, read that? You would put that in your biography, and like you know, people are gonna hate on you for that. You're feeling selfish about your own freaking self, and not that you could have helped your freaking grandma. Like she's all, I want to know what part this the estate grandma left me. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, just hearing about fan encounters and stuff. Apparently, she's really rude and stuck up, and she's just like she doesn't appreciate the people that you know basically helped her get where she's at. So, well, anyway, yeah. So anyways, Boo to her. we think that's all lies and slander. Marina back around for the win. <laughs> Probably just more attention, you know, trying to be like, oh, yeah, watch me X-Men. in this new movie Come instead. see X-Men. Yeah, X-Men, it's so good. Yeah. So, um, so we'll go back to this other topic that we skipped over, and it's from MoviePlot.com. It has to do with the Power Rangers movie that's coming out March 24th, 2017. Now, they release the looks of the suits, it's a far cry from what we remember some of the other suits looking like. They're ugly. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> she thinks they're ugly. Um, a couple of the things that I noticed um, were the morphers being integrated as opposed to like them carrying around like fucking morphers that look like cell phones. Um, I, it looks like they're actually like built into their belt or something. Um, there's lots of boob armor on the female characters. Um, and Shiny they, boobies. And they have wedged shoes. So, you know, if it's not enough that they have, like, shitloads of boob armor, even though, like, some of these girls are probably, like, flat-chested, is that they don't even have regular boots. They get high heel wedges. Because that's how it's practical to fight for the woman on the go. You have to just, you know, <laughs> wedges all day long. Yeah. And, um, let's see... The suits have some sim. I, there were some very shocking similarities to the Power Rangers suit that kind of look like they ripped off Iron Man a little bit. They have these power cores that look like they're in the center of the chest, just like Iron Man. They're not quite shaped the same, but makes it almost makes you wonder like if you're gonna go watch the Power Rangers movie and they're like, oh no, my arc reactor's damaged or some shit. You're like. Hold on a second. You're like, are they tying this into Marvel? Well, I can't be the same shape because then Marvel's going to be like, that's well, Iron Man. No, that's what I'm saying. But like, seriously, <laughs> like, they fucking flat out, like, the designs and stuff, you're just kind of like, uh. Like, okay, can you imagine, like, going to the Power Rangers movie and, like, they're, like, you know, they're focusing on, like, what the face looks like in the interior <laughs> of the suit, like, Robert Downey in the fucking movie. And, like, it looks even, like, the the the, the HUD interface even looks the same. Or if you hear the noises, like that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The little sound when it's generating its pulse and shit. It, it even makes sounds. They even have like little, like their suits even talk to them, like fucking Jarvis or something. That'd be funny. Oh god, yeah. I'm just hoping, like, I mean, the suits, they look very modern, and they're a far cry from like what the 
like show suits look like. And I'm assuming they're just got, like, they got to go bigger, shinier, better, coming out of the fucking well, you know movie. full length movie. So you know it, it makes sense. What was what was actually really cool. I mean, obviously, I know they're not going to go rated R on the fucking Power Rangers movie, but there was like a fan film where somebody released. Um, like a, a part of what looked like like a full um, length Power Rangers movie. It was like probably like a fifteen minute movie, and it had some people that I think were from the Power Rangers. But anyways, this shit was like really dark, totally rated R, and um, it had to do with like them being like they were known, you know, like the public knew who they were and they were like famous, and some people kind of like fell from popularity and other people kind of vanished or whatever anyways like um like one of the bad guys was like hunting them all down and fucking killing them like really killing them like i mean it was it was fucking insane and i'm like i'm thinking like oh my god like if this is like um like a leak like you remember like the deadpool scene like on the freeway where you're kind of like you see the concept and everybody was like oh my god is this for real and they're like it's pretty much what caused like deadpool to get the traction right. that it needed to get released. Well, I was thinking to myself, like, oh my god, like, is this movie, is this legit? Like, is this part of the movie? And like, they're teasing it because if a Power Rangers movie was made like that, is probably lame as this is to say. Like, I'd be in line, like, first day, fucking Thursday night, ready to see a Power Rangers rated R movie. But that's not what it's gonna be, though. No. I mean, did you see the picture that Elizabeth Banks took of her Rita? What is it Rita Repulsa? Isn't Mm-mm. that what she's called? Yeah. She basically looks like an alien uh, Effie trinket. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yay. So, I mean, hmm. I don't know. The original Rita Repulsa is like, no, I should have been cast in that role. Like, I'm even older and decrepit and scarier looking. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, it's, it's a lot of the same. I think <laughs> I think a lot of what she does, Elizabeth Banks, is she goes off into um, anything. She's going to be looking a lot like Effie if it's not... Um, <laughs> You know, just like regular roles. It seems like she's doing a lot of Effie, just in a lot of different ways. Yeah, she's down to Effie. Anyway, (laughs) trying to make it dirty. That's not what I was talking about. You can blame freaking the lady that wrote The Hunger Games for giving her a name like that. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, we're probably going to be like PG or like PG-13 or some bullshit like that, but... It would be neat if they were like, oh my god, Deadpool got fucking million dollars for a rated R. He made a billion gajillion dollars the rated R movie. We'll do the same thing. And then they like went like super hardcore with Power Rangers. That'd be awesome. So, moving on to our main topic. It's a- another story from Yahoo. And this one has to do with an MMO game where your character actually dies. This was cool. And Amanda brought this... Uh, to my attention, your character ages and dies. Like now, anybody that plays an MMO, they you know how much time people put into these these freaking characters, developing them, you know, building skills, doing all you know, grinding for gear. There's a shitload of time and effort that goes into making a, a great MMO character, and obviously learning how to play this class. Mm-hmm. But it's aging and dying. What? It will be sad. It will be sad, but that makes it interesting. And almost either it's going to guarantee that these people are going to come back to the game because they want to keep making these characters, or people are going to get really angry and they're not going to want to play anymore. Because well, what's the point of playing and 
only to have your character die. I mean, that's a lot of time that you're putting into it only to have something just die and not have it come back. I mean, yeah. you know, if you're playing a regular game, if you die, you can just, you know, res or run back. Right. You can't I, do that here. You all, die, all you, you get die. Is, all you get is, <laughs> a, you know, the inconvenience of having to run back to your body. You know, you may not you may not be able to like get resed or whatever because you're in the middle of a boss fight. You know, nobody has a battle res. You know, those are those are basically the repercussions of dying. You know, if you die too much, then you get a a little timer on it. Like it pretty much caps out at two minutes, or you know, being able to do res sickness, which you know obviously damages your armor and gold. you know costs you gold, and you know you're you have a res sickness for it's like ten minutes or something like that. So those are, you know, the typical things you'd see in like something like World of Warcraft. Um, this game is called Chronicles of Illyria. Um, you can go to chroniclesofillyria.com and they have a Kickstarter that's still in effect. Um, at this point, when I made the show notes was probably about three days ago. So there's probably approximately 20 days left on the Kickstarter. Um, the last time I checked, it was right around $702,000 that they had raised. And their goal is $900,000. Um, I don't have the list of things that are available in front of me as far as like what you get for, um, you know, donating um, to their Kickstarter. Um, but a few details for the game is that it's a fully destructible world, which I think is fucking great. Being able to like chop down a tree and the tree doesn't grow back or whatever. That seems pretty awesome to me non-repeatable quests uh now the characters themselves we talk about them dying or aging and dying is that the character can last from 10 to 14 real months um the key is is when you log out your character doesn't necessarily log out of the game your character is still in the game you log out there's some sort of uh i'm trying to think of it it's uh basically like an algorithm that controls your character when you're offline that, you know, it basically does tasks for you, still making gold, it's still making items, or just, you know, tending to their hut or whatever. So, it's still living in the world. So, it's not like, wow, where you log out after 20 seconds and you disappear from the world. Like, your character is still in the world 24-7, you know, 24-7 of the time that you make it. From the minute you make them till the moment that character dies. Now, the life of your character gets shortened by a couple of days for each death that you sustain. So when it says like 10 to 14 real months, well, if you're dying all the time, your character is probably only going to live to be, you know, 10 months old as opposed to 14 months old because of all the dying you're doing. I'm assuming there's probably some cap where obviously if you're just really shitty... Your character is not only going to live like five months or something. I'm sure there's a cap on how long it is, but, um, you know, obviously adds like a real world repercussion. You, you're, when you're, you're really, really not wanting to die because you don't want to shave off those couple of days from your character. So you're not going to be like Leroy Jenkinsing into fucking anything if, <laughs> if you know that, you know, there's a good chance that you're shaving days off of your character. Um, I think that's a fucking pretty cool idea. Um, you know, there's, I guess some people could say, oh, you know, maybe it could just be a little longer. Like maybe it could be like, you can say 18 months and it'll get reduced to like 14 months. But 
you know, I think this adds a, yeah, a real you, good amount of time. If you keep adding months to it, then why isn't it? Why isn't it there forever? I mean, you got to put some kind of cap on it if they want to try this out. Right. I, I think this is actually a good amount of time. It's over a year, and you know, it's over a year and two months. And obviously, if you're dying a shit ton, then your character's gonna last get better under a year. Yeah, get good. Um, so I think that this is cool. Maybe this could be the future of MMOs, or whether it's gonna, you know, stay niche to only certain games. Um, you know, maybe it would become a more mainstream thing. Personally, what I would kill for um, isn't necessarily this in general. But if anybody's familiar with certain anime like Log Horizon or Sword Art Online, being able to log into a virtual reality server that is MMO-based like a game like that and be able to like interact with the world around you in that manner, that's like the ultimate level of gameplay I see for the future. It'd be amazing for that to happen in my lifetime before I die. And then somebody can hack it and we all get trapped in there? I will make it to the top level. <laughs> I will. I'll be that guy that has that anomaly that gets a dual wield and be like, Wah! you know, I scream really loud and all of a sudden I get more powerful. Yes. So, um, I think that's cool. I'm definitely going to check it out. I really want to play this game. You know, maybe I'll donate some money to their cause. <laughs> Probably not enough to get anything like significantly cool, but, you know, kind of edge them along. So... Thanks for being awesome. Yeah. So go to chroniclesofillyria.com. Check that game out. Um, there's some screen grabs on there. There's like some short video of like what you can expect some of the gameplay to look like that they've finished. And then I think they have a longer video that's about 25 minutes where there's actually like an interview with like some of the game directors and designers of like what they're wanting to do with the game, their intent, and you know some uh, other gameplay footage that you could see if you're curious. So... That is all we have for the show. Until next time. Go see Captain America and his perfect teeth. Yeah, Captain America's Civil War was amazing. Do we even want to talk about that right now? I didn't even have it on the show notes. <laughs> I mean, we can. I don't know. Should we... we? Or should we save it for another time? Yeah, it's already out. Fuck it. So anyways... <laughs> Captain America Civil War. It's been out for about a week now. It's made hand over fist large amounts of money. Not not that anybody's shocked. No. Um, before we went and saw this movie, I was totally Team Cap. I think Amanda was probably Team Iron Man. No. Yeah, she likes Cap. <laughs> so. It's a hard choice. I mean, Iron Man, you know, he has all the cool gadgets, but Captain America has that strong sense of loyalty and... You know, American value and blah, blah, whatever, Captain America. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, Chris Evans is hot. That's yeah, all you're thinking dot, about. dot, dot, you're muscles. Like, you're like, Chris Evans just has hotter abs than Tony Stark does. Oh, like that one scene where you can really see his muscles? Like, oh, and he's trying to hold the helicopter from leaving. That That's was, actually like in the... That was an awesome shot. Yeah. I, I mean, what? <laughs> Cinematics, anyways. Oh, you know, and if you are curious as to how they do some of that CGI, if you were to go on Google and just kind of look up some of the stunts that they did for Captain America Civil War, there's actually a really funny reel uh, that's probably about 20 or more minutes long where it actually shows a lot of the CGI um, things that they focused on. 
and it's really funny to see like how they make these things and you just see how fucking hilarious it looks when they're doing some of these CGI scenes like there's this one scene where they're chasing um they're chasing the winter soldier through a tunnel Captain America is trying to keep the Black Panther back there's all this shit that's going on and um at some point like they're jumping over cars or doing this whole thing well in the CGI scene like when it's showing you what they were actually doing like before the CGI was put in place it shows like Captain America jumping off of like a little stool and then like <laughs> take off running and like Black Panther's on like some fucking rickety thing and then they both start running and like they're jumping off of like boxes and um you know or like they they're running and they just jump as hard as they can and just fall to the ground you know because <laughs> they're trying to get these specific looks of scenes you know like what an explosion looks like you know so they're just like Ugh, you know just throwing themselves um like chris evans scene you know basically he's just holding on to the like this edge of this metal thing and he's holding on to what that thing looks like a helicopter and he's trying to like flex as hard as he can like Aah! you know like he's actually like doing it and he's making the sounds but there's nothing there's no sound in the background he's just like <laughs> you know so it's just that would be weird it's really weird because you're not in like some of the things like you're not even actually interacting with anything but in the cgi there is interaction going on so it's like wow you know there's a lot of act there's a lot of so they're earning their millions. Yeah, it was it was pretty to interesting. To make themselves look like fools. To make it look convincing <laughs> like that. Yeah, it was cool. Um, the, the movie, fantastic. Very I mean, not good. that anybody would be shocked that, you know, something as awesome as the Civil War portion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe would not be neat. Um, I mean, I guess, I mean, we're not going to really give away the ending or anything like that like that's not our purpose i just think um you know to say that the movie um was very well made um that you kind of already know who's on cap side and who's on iron man side because i mean the posters the the posters are pretty much you know telling you you know who's on whose side um you know you find out in you know obviously in the storyline well i don't think they gave away spider-man's preference in the trailer, he just kind of swung in there. Um, they pretty much did because Iron Man basically calls him in and he steals fucking Captain America's shield. That pretty much tells you he's not on Captain America's team. Oh, in the movie. They didn't do that in the trailer. Yeah, they did. I don't remember that. I just remember they, little Spider-Man swinging in. They put in, a new, they, they put in a new trailer where Iron Man says, Underoos! And then he comes in, swings, and steals Captain America's fucking shield. Why well, didn't see the new trailer then? Oh, whatever. Anyway. That's a little trailer, so I don't want to tell you. But, anyway. go see the movie. It was awesome. There's a lot of stuff that explains in great detail why they fight. They did a good job of painting that picture of introducing Black Panther. Um, you know, Ant-Man, Spider-Man. And it's it doesn't feel rushed. Mm-mm. It doesn't feel like they're like, and here's Ant-Man, and here's Spider-Man, and here's fucking, you know, they didn't. Yeah, I kept waiting for that. I was like, when are these guys going to show up? Yeah, they, they really took their time to develop the story, to develop the, you know, how the turmoil of what's happened with all of their other battles and, and all the other uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, how all these other battles have kind of led up to this point. Um, you know, the repercussions of that, you know, the backlash from the public. Um, you know, things that happen in the movie that kind of create the rift between Tony Stark 
and Captain America and you know what you know and, and how how Bucky you know aka Winter Soldier plays into that storyline um I mean all in all great job um you know I think we'll, we'll go into we'll go into more detail of the movie um at the very end of the podcast so I mean without saying too much go see it you won't be disappointed um at the very very end when uh you know the ending sequence of our show goes there will be like a little five minutes of us actually talking in great detail about the movie with spoilers so that we're not burning anyone so with that said go see the movie if you want to hear spoilers in great detail about the movie or at least some detail about the movie hang out until the very 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 end and we'll talk about that so um this is episode 11 we want to thank you guys for listening and until next time stay classy guys bye go go power rangers and bye and bye <laughs> <laughs> all right so if you stuck around this long you want the spoilers just like amanda loves to read the spoilers and everything that is everything that has to do with anything cool. So, we're talking about Captain America Civil War. And, I mean, do you want to give some of the details, the beginning, or where do you want to start? Well, my thought was this. I remember we were in the comic book store that one time we were walking around the rickety mall. That's not really a mall anymore. But um, the guy that owned it, he was talking with somebody else, and I was eavesdropping, because I do that sometimes. <sighs> And they were talking about the Civil War movie, and the owner guy was like, yeah, they're going to go really dark, and they're going to lose a lot of fans, and it's going to suck, because the kids aren't going to like it. And I thought about that when I was watching the movie. I was like, you know what? It didn't really go dark. It didn't go that dark. Like, I thought it, you know, the way this guy was talking, because I haven't read the the comic book storyline, so I don't know how it relates to that. And spoiler alert, nobody dies. No, nobody dies. I really thought somebody was going to die. I was like preparing myself to cry because I really thought someone was going to die. But they didn't. And it didn't really go that dark. So I was like, yay, for not going dark. But it was, you know, it was drama filled. It was good. Yeah, I mean, the basically the story is, is that all these big battles that they have don't come without a price. You know, obviously there was a lot of collateral damage. A lot of people died in a lot of these battles. And although they did end up saving the day and like you know greater chaos in the world is that people still blame them for all of the people that died even though they may have saved a ton of lives there were also a lot of lives that were lost and so there's a lot of pushback into hey you know what these guys are based they have they're under no authority they basically just go and do battle wherever they want and they get to go home meanwhile you know there's family members the people that are dying that you know nobody remembers they just remember a cat being a hero and so, you know, they ba- you know basically governments come together and they say, hey, look, these people need to be under some sort of supervision. There needs to be a panel of experts that assess where they're needed and where they're not. And Captain America believes that that's crap, that they should be able to fight wherever the fight needs to be taken. There shouldn't be a panel of people telling them where they need to be, that they're still the best line of defense, and that that's not something that bureaucrats need to be in charge of. Tony, on the other hand, you know, he had people pull on his heartstrings. You know, basically a mom confronts him because her son was taken from him too soon in a battle where he was part of the collateral damage from 
um, the last Captain America movie. And so there he asked himself, okay, you know, maybe we do need some oversight. You know, maybe they are right. That and was so, this one because it, it was the battle when they were in Africa or wherever where Scarlet Witch blows up the building. What? Big spoilers. The fight that started the movie. Well, right. Okay. So, yes, you are correct. So th- this lady is basically, you know, anyways, her son dies. Her son dies in this fight. Um, you know, and, and one of the last, one of the things that happens that kind of leads to this tipping point was a battle in the movie uh, in Africa, like Amanda was saying, where um, there were, there was a group of people that were trying to get um, some biological weapons. And so they stopped all these people from getting the biological weapons and recovered the biological weapons that were taken. What ends up happening is somebody nearly kills Captain America, but he his ass is saved by the Scarlet Witch, who um, kind of minimizes the explosion that otherwise probably would have killed Captain America um, and moves the explosion upward in a way. But when she moves it upward in a way... It ends up blowing up a portion of this building that actually had a lot of the biological material in there. And it hadn't been fully evacuated and there were people that were still inside the building and a lot of people died. And, you know, I don't think it was lost on her that, you know, she caused some of those deaths, but she also saved Captain America. And probably countless more lives that would have been lost if they hadn't recovered the biological weapons that they recovered. Obviously, you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. But a lot of people don't see it that way and think that there should be a lot more, you know, control that that's not there. And so ultimately the governments come together, decide that, you know, there's going to be this convention that takes place. It's, you know, we're going to agree that this is this is what's going to happen with the Avengers. Captain America doesn't sign that agreement. And there are a few people that are with him that don't sign that agreement. Tony does. And so do a couple of others. Um and so basically um, a king from that African nation was uh, part of those agreements uh, Bucky or the Winter Soldier comes into play because basically um, a bombing takes place at this building where the meeting is and that king dies um, his son is I mean, obviously his son's the prince well as it turns out when people start looking for the Winter Soldier, there's the Black Panther that comes into play, and you find out that Black Panther is the King's son. Uh, I think he did really I think he did really well. Um, it, I was actually shocked that I liked Black Panther as much as I did. I thought he was pretty cool. Um, but he thinks that the Winter Soldier, the Winter Soldier killed his dad. Um, his His picture was put out there pretty soon making it look look as though he had done it you know captain america basically knows that even though bucky's pretty far gone that he wouldn't do something like that take some of the people that are with him that back him obviously tony's looking for this guy too he only has a certain amount of time to bring him in all hell breaks loose you know obviously superheroes are fighting superheroes for their cause ultimately you find out that you know the Winter Soldier was framed, and that you know there was a Russian um, operative that lost his family, blamed them, and um, 
you know, basically created this rift in the Avengers to basically make them tell the, tear themselves apart and is nearly successful in doing so. The rift is still there because at the end of the movie, Captain America is still on the lam. Um, you know, some of the people that backed him were basically imprisoned, but he saves them. And so basically he has those people that backed him on his side now. Uh, basically sends Tony Stark a phone saying, hey, if you ever need me, call. Um, you know, and Tony Stark still has... He's still officially, you know, a part of the Avengers along with everybody who backed Tony. Now, a part that I left out is that the Winter Soldier, way back then, had actually killed Tony's father and mother. And there was video to prove it. So that's where it comes into play where Tony's actually fighting the Winter Soldier and Captain America because he basically lost it and realizing that Captain America knew it and never told him anything. And yeah, so they had kind of made up until that point when that guy showed him the video. Right. That Bucky had done that. So, you know, that's still where the Avengers might have made up otherwise. You find that out. And even though the Winter Soldier may not have been consciously doing this, he still completed the act, which, you know, is what... Tony basically is trying to take revenge, but uh, Captain America, being a person that always does the right thing, stays by his friend, and you know ultimately they beat the shit out of each other. Captain America wins the fight, disables Tony's suit, and you know leaves with Bucky and rescues the rest of his uh, friends that are imprisoned, but um, you know has to leave his shield behind because Tony's like, you don't deserve that shield. My father made it. And so he leaves the shield behind, but he still manages to rescue his buddies even without the shield. Question is, what's he going to do without the shield? Yep. You know, I'm assuming that at some point Tony's going to realize that, hey, look, this dude didn't know what he was doing when this shit happened. He was brainwashed. You know, Cap is still my friend and is probably going to send it back to him because it was made for him. And his father would probably want him to have it. So... You know, because he'd mentioned in the movie that his father talked about Captain America a shit ton. So much so that it drove him nuts. He when hated he, him. When he was growing <laughs> up. So, um, you know, I think he'll get this. I think he'll get the shield back. There's no question about that. Um, do you want to talk about the end credits? Oh, the end credits. So, there's two. There's the mid one that comes up pretty fast. Um, and that one sets it up where... Um, they put Bucky in some kind of, what is it, like a cryogenic, like yeah, the resting. Yeah, cryogenic freezing. Yeah, because he's, you know, he can't get whatever it is out of his system completely, so. He's afraid that they might turn him loose again. He doesn't want to until they can figure out. Yeah, so he still has the winter soldiering thing in him. So they, they put him in this facility that's run by the Prince or Black Panther, um, and basically, uh, what the end credit is hinting at, it's setting up a really good plot line for um, the Black Panther to have some kind of movie of his own or like a joint movie because, you know, they're saying, oh, he get in a lot of trouble if anyone finds out that Bucky's here because Captain America was there as well. Right. So 
they're kind of hinting that that's going to be a plot point in, in somebody's movie. And Black Panther says soon. he's going to defend him. Yeah, so he, you know, there's that. And then the end, the end, end credit uh, scene is Spider-Man. He's in his room and he's telling Aunt May that he got in a fight with a boy named Steve from Brooklyn. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, and then he was wearing a really cool little laser uh, bracelet thing that everyone says, oh, yeah, well, Tony Stark probably gave that to him. Um, and then it says, you know, Spider-Man is coming soon. And then there is a Spider-Man movie called Spider-Man Homecoming that's supposed to be coming out next year. So, I guess Spider-Man's getting another another reboot in his franchise and this kid playing spider-man was fucking great because i remember reading a lot of the old spider-man amazing spider-man comics and he's always chipping away talking mess and just being generally funny while he's (laughs) going through a lot of his sequences and stuff even when he's getting punched in the face and so you know when he's fighting with falcon and and um you know some of the other characters like he has that funny humor about him and he's like fanboying it up like that he's actually fighting these people and it was just really funny i think he would he think he did a really excellent job probably the best spider-man so far he's not a dark and brooding spider-man at all and he actually looks like a kid so that's yeah. nice yeah i i really think that they they hit the nail on the head 100 percent when they cast this kid for spider-man i think that the the standalone spider-man film is going to be excellent i'm totally willing to see it even though he only played a small role in the the whole civil war movie not even as spider-man but just as a kid you know when tony's coming to visit him but you know in the spider-man costume too like i think he just did a really good job portraying what spider-man is and also you know well, in- integrating he- atman into it too was also a pretty awesome job well it, well going back to spider-man real quick he he fits into the marvel universe now i mean he's not dark and broody like the other ones tried to make him he, yeah. you know he's funny Emo. and you know, he just fits in, and then, of course, you throw Ant-Man in there, and, you know, Paul Rudd is just, <laughs> Paul Rudd, he's hilarious, so yeah. he, you know, he went right in there with his goofiness, and it just, it went. Oh, and Ant-Man, you know, the comic books, like, he, well, and even touched in the other, the other Ant-Man where they were able to enlarge things, and so, you know, he actually does become giant man <laughs> in, in the, in the in the film like he does become giant man and is, is is doing some doing some work in the in the film it was pretty cool yeah. um you know and spider-man is like hey you guys remember that old movie where they're like there's like these big things on four legs that are on this ice planet and you know they're tying they're tying the legs together and he's referring to star wars you know without actually saying it and then everybody's like, hey this kid's onto something because up until then like giant man was kicking ass <laughs> and you know they basically you know t- you know web his web uh web his legs like an ATAT you know and knock them over like you know they were doing some shit out of Hoth so I thought that was really funny um like I said I thought Spider-Man was great I thought Ant-Man was great Black Panther was fantastic you know I'm really excited for a lot of these standalone films what do you think of out. the purple guy or the red guy what's his name Vision Vision I thought Vision did okay I mean I think more or less he stayed fairly neutral. I mean, because he is very powerful. He has one of the Infinity Stones. I think he knows that. I mean, but it seemed like they didn't really play to like what he's capable of. I think it's the same reason like where you don't see the Incredible Hulk kind of in anything. I mean, I don't think he was that involved in Civil War either. But you know, 
the Incredible Hulk, he takes a side. It's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be fucking you know pretty serious right. having a deal with with Hulk. I mean, also you it's kind of really hard to control the Hulk, but you know, just in general, it's I mean Vision, like I said, very powerful. He does get involved, you know, but he also accidentally causes some issues because they're chasing after you know um, at one point Captain America gets away with Bucky and the jet and Iron Man and um, uh, War Machine are in hot pursuit. The Falcon is right behind them trying to cause some interference for Captain America and the Vision shoots a blast at Falcon, but Falcon's a nimble little fucking bird. (laughs) So he spins out of the way and he inadvertently hits Iron Man's, or hits War Machine's suit, basically disabling it and he's falling from fucking 10,000 feet and crashes and fucked him up pretty good. Yeah. And he had, you know, in the movies, having to go through rehabilitation and, you know, regain the use of his legs. And, you know, they're having to use, like, mechanical stuff to, you know, to assist him in his rehabilitation because, like, he was fucking paralyzed from that. And that's what vision caused by missing, you know. I mean, uh, you know, I Falcon realized, oh, shit, this is serious. You know, he lands with Tony to make sure that War Machine's okay. Right. But then... You know, Tony's pissed and he, you know, he blasts, uh, you know, blasts them unconscious and, you know, it's just, uh, you know, like I said, the movie's really good. Um, I mean, we've, we've more or less talked about everything. Um, I mean, we didn't mention the KGB guy and how he comes into everything, but like basically he infiltrates, uh, like he finds some of these old guys that program the winter soldier finds these codes activates winter soldier frames him so that that's what causes the turmoil where cap is trying to defend bucky and the other half is trying to capture him or kill him and you know causes that whole that whole state of being and you know they're trying to figure out who this dude is because even once the winter soldier's captured they let him out again um and then you find out that there's other Winter Soldiers out there too. The you know the thought is, is that oh god you know what's going to happen if he releases five of these Winter Soldiers like you know they're going to basically you know one of these guys can tear down a nation. What are five going to do? Like this is the end of the world. And then you find out that like that wasn't his motive at all. He just wants to kill him. He didn't want any of these Winter Soldiers to be because these Winter Soldiers and superheroes in general are responsible for all this collateral damage and the loss of his family that he you know basically blames him like some other people do um which is the whole reason for the movie and like the agreements and all that kind of stuff so he kills all of those other winter soldiers so you know by the end of the movie bucky's the only living winter soldier left so um oh, what i thought was funny is like you mentioned the end credits and you know he got his butt kicked by the guy in Brooklyn and all these kind of things. Well, they're focusing on uh, War Machine basically rehabilitating. And Tony's talking. And then a package comes. And it's Stan Lee's, like, the FedEx guy. And then he goes, hey, is there a Tony Stank here? <laughs> With a, I had a package for him. And so they're like, yeah, we're going to start calling him Tony Stank. Well, that's what War Machine says. I just, it was it was funny. Um, you know, I guess when I say it, it's not so funny, but when you actually <laughs> see it in the context of the movie, you're laughing like, ha, 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 ha. 
It is funny. You know, so it's pretty good. I mean, obviously, you're not going to have a Marvel movie without Stan Lee making an appearance in it. Yes. So, um, hope you enjoyed the spoilers for sticking around. Um, thanks for listening to our podcast in general. Um, if there's any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us at uh, thatconversationalist at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook under Conversationalist. Um, we're on uh, SoundCloud under that conversation list. You can down- download us on iTunes. So with that, thanks for listening to the show. See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>